Jesus gives us this wonderful, you know, list of uh, blessed, you know, blessed are these and blessed are those and the pure heart and, uh, you know, those sorts of the peacemakers, etc. He's trying to help us to know that uh, that our behavior matters and it matters to God. And even though the world doesn't value it, how we hold ourselves together is to continue to commit to those things which we believe matter to God. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Good morning, Bishop. Morning, morning. Based off Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 31, you called this week's devotion together. And I honestly have to say, um, it hit me pretty hard. Um, and I had some trouble with it, not because I disagree, um, but because it's hard. And so I'm wondering if you can share <laughs> what really motivated you going with this message this week. Well, that's what we want, isn't it? We want easy, don't we? We want Jesus be easy with us, right? You know, <laughs> because that whole cross thing and Calvary thing was so easy. Be nice to us, Jesus. No, I'm just I'm 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 being a little bit pointed and and funny, but you know, the 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 good news of Jesus Christ is hard. Um it's just a life-saving hard. And so and so I actually worry when we don't say the hard things that the gospel demands, that that was is what actually worries me because I, I think God has faith in people, and and I think that God, being a wise, genius, loving God, knows that how to get the best results out of us. And so when Jesus uh, does his wonderful beatitudes and he, he tells us about uh, his spirituality. And invites us into his kind of spirituality, which is bless those who curse you and love enemies. And uh, if you've got two shirts, give one away and all those sorts of things, all those countercultural messages. Uh, I think he wants to take us somewhere that'll ultimately make us free. So, so yeah, I mean, you've named it. I mean, it is hard and we will struggle and we always will struggle and we've struggled for, for, you know, millennia. Uh, dealing with the message of God, but but that's just life with God. So, um, I, I I you know I, we sort of jump right in, but I, I want to sort of zoom out for a minute and and the word together. I, I chose. I realized I chose it uh, in 2015 for another meditation, but I, I chose it this time because I'm thinking about All Saints Day, and I'm thinking about one of the most important things that the church gets to do is to try to hold things together and to talk about how God holds things together. And when we think about all saints and all souls uh, and the day of the dead uh, in Hispanic culture, we're, we're talking about holding together life and death. We're talking and, and everything in between, which I think um, takes real maturity. And, uh, and I think also um, gives us real insight into reality from God's viewpoint, which is, uh, life and death are the same. Light and dark are the same to God. God is present in all things. And so it's called together because I'm thinking about all saints 
remembering those we love but see no longer, remembering those who distinguish themselves as followers of Jesus, who we call the saints. Hmm. Okay, so your very first sentence, you talk about a book called Things Fall Apart. And I don't know that I've read that book. And and yet I am very familiar with the second law of thermodynamics, which is entropy. <laughs> so I don't know if it has anything to do with entropy. <laughs> but from what I remember of my, is that chemistry? I think it's physics, chemistry, whatever. Things fall apart. You know, I think we have a natural way of leading to disorder. And the more complex or complicated a system is, the easier that entropic factor can be. And, and so I'm wondering about society and how much more complicated we can get and how we maintain togetherness. Like, what does the act of maintaining unity look like despite difference? What an amazing uh, question that is. Uh, and, uh, and, and a little bit of showing off uh, on your part. <laughs> it was meant to be. I just I love that word. <laughs> with, with thermodynamics and, and all of that. Uh, the, the book that I'm quoting there is Chinua Achebe, uh, a wonderful African uh, author. And th this book was just a, a stellar book. And he was talking about culture and he was talking about, you know, post-colonial society, et cetera. But, but, but I, I've always loved the name, Things Fall Apart. Uh, and it was actually uh, an, an, the name of a rap album uh, by a group called The Roots <laughs> as, as well. But um Things fall apart, you know, when we look out our windows and we watch our news, that's the way it looks like, you know, it, it looks like things are falling apart. Relationships are falling apart. We are falling apart. We're tired and um, suicide is on the rise. We're falling apart. The family's falling apart, it looks like. Um, and, uh, and, you know, uh, the environment is falling apart, it looks like. I mean, you know, we're, we're I mean, we've just had Ian. Um, lives are falling apart. And so... You know, I, I guess what I'm trying to name here in this meditation is, is this this real world pressure and perspective that we're all sort of feeling. And, and I think a lot of people are, are, are tempted to lose their center. I think now what is dangerous about now is, is that despair is hunting us down, um, and, and which is, you know, by definition is the absence of hope. And I think the, the great privilege that we have as people of faith uh, is to say that, you know, we don't have a naive hope. We have a hope that has something to say back to things falling apart. I mean, this is the message of the cross that, you know, in a horrendous murder lynching uh, on a garbage dump 2000 years ago, somehow God made a way even out of that. And so we are the stewards of that message. And so I, I think that is the golden thread for us through all of it. It has nothing to do with optimism. It has nothing to do with naivete. It has nothing to do with being happy or clappy or upbeat. Uh, it's a real world hope for real world hurt. Uh, and, uh, and that's really the good news. That's the only good news that the church really actually has. Every organization can do a better job than us in just about every category. But what we have been given and trusted with is this message that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. That's the foundation of, of our hope. And so uh, even in divisive times like now, uh, even in, in times where neighbor is pitted against neighbor, uh, where poor people are being exploited by rich people, uh, you know, and wealth is being held by increasingly 
fewer and fewer people and people are struggling to make ends meet, et cetera, you know, uh, this is an invitation uh, to look at ourselves as beloved of God, blessed by God with resources, imagination, grit, resilience, and hope, and to figure out together how we can make our way forward. Jesus gives us this wonderful, you know, list of uh, blessed, you know, blessed are these and blessed are those and the pure heart and, uh, you know, those sorts, the peacemakers, etc. He's trying to help us to know that, uh, that our behavior matters and it matters to God. And even though the world doesn't value it uh, in the way that we would hope, but it matters to God. And so how we hold ourselves together is to continue to commit to those things which we believe uh, matter to God. Uh, And that's what we do. That's what we bear out in the world. We're holding ourselves together literally on the hope that has been entrusted to us. So that those are the beatitudes, and then we move from that in trying to hold together all the disparate things in the world. Right, and that's that's the hard part, right? Yeah. So I. What's well, all hard? It is. It's, it's so hard. hard because I think people, most people, are principled people, and I love that you say the unhappy piece with this perspective. <laughs> yeah. That you say, and so I'm just wondering what the act of uh, the word cleave keeps coming together, like when Jesus said, "Love enemies," like. Did he not mean cleave? Like keep, <laughs> I don't know, keep it together with your enemies? Like, how, yeah. I don't know. And I, I'm just, I think that's so, I don't want to say it's easy to say and harder to do. Like that's so cliche. And yet I'm kind of stumped. So, yeah. So again and again, Jesus uh, tries to hold things together. And and what I love about him is, is that he doesn't, he doesn't try to do it with a fake kumbaya or 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 these platitudes. He he names things. Um, he talks about how things are uh, displeasing to God, or apart from who God is, and yet there's always this invitation back. And yet his way to be together, to keep us together, is to keep his hands outstretched to people. I mean, think about it. The very people who betrayed him on the day he needed friends most are the people that he goes to first, right? I mean, he refuses to leave that chasm. Uh, unchecked, right? And so the truth about so many of us, and myself included, is is that you know we end up becoming complacent, satisfied uh, with some of the chasms, um, and not that not that everything is 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 about us, but but the the people that we say we are with our life with God, it, we have the impetus. The impetus is ours to, to at least reach across those chasms. So when Jesus says, love enemies, he's, 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 he's talking about not allowing people uh, to, to be banished to some corner of your heart where hatred flourishes, right? Because that ultimately corrodes everything and it corrodes you, right? It corrodes us. So he's trying to keep us together with God, and he's trying to keep us together with one another. And I think that's, of course, you've said that it's hard, but I mean, I think this is, this is the, the work. I mean, to use another cliche, this, this is the work with, with our life with God. Look, if we want a God who doesn't leave us any bigger than we are when we started, then let's just stop all of the foolishness and let's just, you know, do a, what do, what do you call those sort of, sort of things? You know, the barbecues before football, uh, you know, 
Yeah, let's just tailgate and forget all the, the church foolishness, uh, right? But if if we're saying, at least in part, that to live with God is to throw our arms open to God and say, make me bigger for my sake and for the world's sake, then, then Jesus' hard words and hard invitation is exactly where we should be. All right, friends, we'll be right back after this. Hi, friends, you're hearing Jason McGee and Mass Choir at Imagine NYC. This song is Revelation 19.1, streaming now on YouTube. Keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Welcome back to four people. So Bishop, one of the things you said before our break was talking about how Jesus didn't ghettoize people. Um, and, and I feel that's one thing that our society is very good at doing, especially when people judge and presume that they don't want to be around. It's like the the all time, you know, you're unclean, therefore you need to get away, which is so old school. Um, and and I'm just curious. I love I love your uh, your statement. It says uh, maybe we think that somehow division will lead to multiplication because <laughs> we learned that one plus one is four. <laughs> That's right. My, my math teacher would be so proud. I love that. I love it. So I guess what does that mean then? How do we maintain integrity? How do we how do we keep fellow believers in line? You know, with that, you know, be above a reproach, not ill repute, and and kind of help iron sharpen iron, all those things. All those things. Stand yeah. by what we believe and yet keep our arms wide open. Well, I, I think that's a good question because I, I like that you got to the to this notion of integrity. So what is integrity, right? That 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 the thing actually has consistency, right? And so I, I think the first point of integrity for us, uh, those of us who who say that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, is is for that statement to have some integrity, right? So if Jesus is actually the Lord of my life, then my first point of integrity is making sure that I'm tending to that daily, right? It, it, am I really doing that? I mean, you know, and this is not about people being perfect. This is not about all those other head trips that we get into. And really, and really um, infect the gospel with no in, integrity. Just means did I get up today and and try to live my life uh, following the Lord of my life? Uh, and and you know, of course, we're going to stumble because we're made to stumble. Um, but you know, that's obviously not the point. The point is, is that you know, even in Jesus's remedies, you know, we we find a a, a way back. There's a there's a there's a pattern uh, of of how we get back that we confess, that we persevere. And, you know, I love how we say it in the baptismal covenant, when you fall into sin, uh, where you return, where you repent and return to the Lord. Right. And so we know, we know how to make our way back. So the the first thing we have to be doing is that does my walk with Christ have integrity, right? Or is it platitude? You know, am I Jesus adjacent on Sunday or am I actually following Jesus? Right. And, and a lot of us for one reason or the other, you know, we, we, we prefer to be Jesus adjacent. Right. And, and, and that's cool. You know, I guess that, that gets you to the party, but it it won't get you all the way where you want to go. Right. It doesn't give you the power. It doesn't give you the relationship. It doesn't give you the depth and the wisdom. And it doesn't give you the life abundant that we say we want. It doesn't give us the intimacy. 
that we're made to have with God where we can actually flourish, right? And so, uh, so I would say that that's the first piece that has to have integrity. Now, here's the thing about the genius about God is, is that if you're going to walk with Jesus and try to have some integrity, that overflows and spills out onto my relationship with you. Because, you know, if you and I are office colleagues and I'm trying to have integrity in my relationship with Jesus and you and I get sideways, now in Jesus, I have a mechanism, I have a pattern that I have to adhere to when it comes to our being sideways one to the other. Right. And so in some ways, there's no way to have uh, integrity in a life with God without that spilling over into my life with neighbor. And so I think that's how we go. I think the other thing, too, is the integrity uh, in in how I look at myself and how I look at others. I I miss the mark. I miss it tragically. I miss the mark. Sometimes I I miss the mark so bad. I don't know what mark I just missed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it, I was talking to a friend this morning. I go for morning walks. I was talking to a friend this morning. I was talking about all the stuff I didn't know at 30 that I that I kind of know at uh, at 58. And, and, you know, the things I said with such such clarity uh, and, 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 and forthrightness that I now, you know, uh, I'm, I'm more like a, a whimpering, uh, whimpering sort of child when it comes to those things. I was so wrong. My mother said never be loud and wrong. And I have been both on many instances. And so, so I think part of integrity is, is, is being able to recognize that. And I think when you recognize that, that puts you alongside of people very differently, right? It, it is, is that I have some sense of truth, but I want to lay that beside your sense of truth and let's figure this out. And the other thing that has to do with, uh, you know, Jesus's great invitation to love enemy is, is that, um, you know, I don't, I don't, if we get into a, a, a disagreement about right and wrong, et cetera, I don't have to condemn the entirety of your personhood because we differ on a matter. And I think we, we're tempted to do that. Uh, I may have said it here. One of the great liabilities of being a preacher is you talk so many places, you don't know where you've said yeah. it. But <laughs> I, I was I was celebrating a woman that I met as a seminarian. Her name was Nettie Baldwin. And Nettie Baldwin's from the Diocese of Washington, D.C. And I was telling her about a very troublesome uh, employee that I had who was a, I, I think I've mentioned this before, she was sort of laid in slovenly and all these things that I had just come from the Navy and was you know, duty bound to not be. And, uh, and I was venting to Nettie one day and Nettie is a, a, a trained clinician and uh, Nettie listened patiently and then after a while said, do you think that this woman knows how you really feel about her? And, and, in, that, and in that invitation, she, she changed my life. Nettie changed my life because she, she made me to know that a lot of the work that we have to do with neighbor is interior work. And what I didn't know at that intersection in my life was, is that I can have real ideas, serious ideas about excellence without condemning a person, without, without respecting that person's dignity. I, I thought it was all somehow bundled together. And Jesus comes along and says it doesn't have to be bundled together, that we can have ideas about excellence, and, and we should have ideas about excellence, and we should pursue excellence, not perfection. But at the same time, we can meet people where they are. Uh, and that's not soft-peddling excellence, but, but it is taking to, uh, into consideration where people actually are. And so, so Jesus does all this beautiful work in these little stories that he tells and in these little sort of quotables that he tells, but it's really, he's really inviting us into a life where we, where we just refuse 
to push each other away and to easily categorize each other and to ghettoize each other. He just he refuses to do this with all the people that he talks to. You know, the tax collectors, the, you know, uh, the sex workers, you know, the women with, with checkered past, uh, you know, the arrogant guys who can't see past their own self-righteousness. He does it. He, he even includes, you know, all of them. And I, I think, as I say in the in the meditation, you know, the, this together that God wants to, to, to do to promote and invite us into holds the dead and the living together, the sinner, the saint, the arrogant, the humble, the atheist, the believer the fearful and the faithful holds them all together. That's an amazing God. And sounds like heaven on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least trying to make something out of it, right? Bishop, thank you so much for today. And listeners, thank you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 